Well, now you can join me in those songs being in your head for the rest of the day, too. <laughs> but what a joy. Um, I'm very glad that I've been surplanted by not having the loudest ones. So, Hester family, um, you have, you've taken the mantle. Um, wear it proudly. So, <laughs> what a joy, though, this morning um, to have them lead us lead us in worship, and they've been working clearly really hard, and they know those songs. They, they hadn't practiced for a couple weeks before this because of spring break and everything, so what a joy. Um, John 20 is our gospel text today. I invite you to hear these words uh, afresh and anew in your life today. Early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple left to go to the tomb. They were running together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and was the first to arrive at the tomb. Bending down to take a look, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. Following him, Simon Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. He also saw the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head. It wasn't with the other clothes, but was folded up in its own place. Then the other disciple, the one who arrived at the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They didn't yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Mary stood outside near the tomb, crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. The angels asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She replied, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I'm going up to my father and your father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. Then she told them what he said to her. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O oh Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever had the 2 or 3 a.m. worries? You know, those times when anxiety overruns you sometime in that God-awful hour between 2 and 3 a.m. Or am I just alone? Because apparently I'm really good at these kind of worries. I'm the type of person who needs to work out my doubts and anxieties at such a good time like 3 in the morning. Whether it's a hard situation of someone I know at church, 
or it's a deadline that I know is fast approaching that I don't feel prepared for, or worries about something going on in my kid's life. I mean, I can worry with the best of them in the middle of the night. We have all been Mary Magdalene, unable to sleep as we are pierced with the freshness of grief. Because the scripture tells us, right, that Mary Magdalene went to the tomb while it was still dark. Now here's the deal. Mary Magdalene did not tell Siri what time to set her alarm for next to her bed that day, okay? So the only way that you're raising up before dawn in that day is if you had a case of the worries like me. And, and my, my imagination is that Mary probably didn't sleep a wink or was just up and fitfully sleeping that whole night. And in John's gospel, Jesus' body has already been cared for. The oils and ointments have already been given. So it wasn't even that the women were going to the tomb to do that. Mary was just going there to grieve. So while it was still dark, she goes. Now, it was literally dark. But in John, when it says it was still dark, it means something else, too. Because whenever John says something, it means at least two things. And so in John's gospel, in the first chapter, we go all the way back there and it says, What came into being through the word was life, and that life was the light for all people. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light. But the world didn't recognize the light. So Mary then thinks that the grave has been robbed. Of course she does. She goes to tell Simon, Peter, and the other disciples. She runs to them. They've taken the Lord, and I don't know where they have put him. So Simon, Peter, and John have that story, right, where they go and they run to get there, and John beats him there. But then Simon, Peter, of course, goes in, and what they find is that Jesus somehow had time to fold his clothes or something because they're perfectly folded in the spaces where his head and his feet would have been. But in that place, the disciples don't clearly get what's going on. And they go back. And Mary Magdalene is still there. Still there at the tomb. She's crying. Probably weeping, bent over. And two angels are seated when she looks in. One at the head, one at the feet. And they ask her, why are you crying? And Mary gives her familiar refrain, they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have put him. And as soon as she said this, as soon as Mary said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't know that it was Jesus. So Jesus talks to her, asks the same question as the angels did. Why are you crying? But then he adds this one crucial question, who are you looking for, Right? which as people listening in and watching this conversation, it is filled with drama. Who are you looking for? And she thinks Jesus is the gardener, we're told. She's not completely wrong after all. She's talking to the one who created the first garden, truly a gardener. But she thinks this gardener may have removed the body, may have taken it out of the tomb. So how does Mary then know that it's Jesus? Where is it revealed to her because he says to her, Mary. He says her name, and immediately she says, my teacher, my teacher. Mary goes looking for Jesus, and Jesus finds Mary. Mary goes looking for Jesus, 
And Jesus is the one who finds Mary. I think about those first words of amazing grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was lost, but now I'm found. There was this song that we would sing in youth group in high school that came back to me this week as I was thinking. And the words of the chorus, the, the words were fine, but the words of the chorus went, I've found Jesus. And they kept repeating, I've found Jesus. And here's the deal. No, we haven't. Jesus found you. He is standing before you, and you think that he's the gardener. We go looking for things that are dead ends. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, the place of death, literally looking for Jesus. We go to all sorts of dead ends in our lives, looking for something. And instead, the creator of life comes to us. We are found. I want you to think about the depth of those three words with me. We are found. When I feel lost, when I am searching for answers, when I am without hope, there I am found. Jesus comes to our deepest places of sadness, our deepest wounds of grief, our greatest doubts, when we are at our absolute lowest. It's in those places when Jesus comes to us. And we can respond to Jesus calling our name, shocking us too with life in the place where we expected death. That's the type of work that this Lord of life does. And what does he say to Mary Magdalene right there? He says, don't hold on to me. It meant that Jesus was graspable. He was real. Like she could have held on to his arm in that space or grabbed onto his legs. But he says, don't hold on to me. And then he sends Mary on her way to do the work that she is called to do, to tell the disciples that it's time for Jesus to be glorified. When Jesus meets us, we don't stay where we are. But no, Jesus sends us out on our way. So Jesus tells Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, the first Christian preacher, Mary Magdalene, the first messenger of the gospel. She she goes off to the disciples and she has one simple message. I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. It's a simple message. It doesn't take a lot of theological unpacking or glitz and glamour or even funny stories or anything like that. No, all Mary has to say is, I've seen the Lord. She's not saying she's found Jesus. She's saying that Jesus found her. And I'm going to tell you disciples about it. Mary proclaims her story of being found. So perhaps you've been there, awoken at 2.38 a.m. with the worries. Or maybe you are depressed about the state of things in our country. Or you are grief-stricken and they've been gone for 10 years and it still feels like yesterday. And Jesus comes to you. He comes to bring you life. He comes to meet you and tell you that you are his child, his beloved. Death 
will not be victorious. Death will never have the last word. So look around and pay attention. He might look like the gardener, but Jesus comes to you. I invite you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, on this holy, this holiest of days, we recognize that we come in all sorts, in all sorts of ways into this space. Lord, we come dressed up on Easter Sunday, but oftentimes it's hiding who we actually feel like we are. Where our nice clothes might be hiding a little piece of ourselves, that piece of ourselves that is feeling pretty down. Or God, we remember how you met us when we were at our lowest and at our deepest points of despair. And somehow, Lord, that's where you come. You come with your life and your light and your hope. So God, I ask that for each person here this morning, you would come with life and light and hope in our places of death and despair and darkness. Lord, we need your resurrection life and light and hope. Without it, we don't have anything to hope for. And Lord, you are calling us to be children of the day, to be resurrected from darkness into your marvelous light, to be the light of the world. So Lord, we ask, we ask that wherever we are, God, as we come to this table this morning to receive your body and blood, to be reminded of that sacrifice for us and the fact that death is defeated and you call us around your table, God, maybe in that space this morning, we would recognize that you are once again coming to us. God, I'm grateful this morning that we can celebrate that you are alive, you are alive forever, and death will never, ever have the last word. And thank you that you come to us. It's in the risen name of Jesus the Christ we pray. Amen.